0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let's hang on to him. I welcome all of you. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us. Go with me to our main scripture text, Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. And I know if you're a note taker, if you're a planner, I will be in number 6. Then I'll go to Luke 4. And then Luke 2 to make our rounds here to start this morning. Again, we're on our series on the blessing here. So we jump into, I don't know what week it is. We still got a few weeks to go. Start with me in Luke, uh, not Luke, in number 6, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to him, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his his countenance upon you. And so if you look what he just said here, this is the one today. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. His appearance upon you. His support upon you to give you approval. The, The Amplified actually says approving. The New International Version says the Lord turn his face upon you. But the actual meaning of this right here, that he lift up his countenance upon you, is that he look upon you with favor. That God would look on you with a favorable disposition, a a kind act, special advantage, preferential treatment. Now, as I read this, I thought, Why would God want his favor to be upon me? Why would that happen? I believe God wants to highlight our life that everything that takes place with us showcases him. Where we can look and say, man, look what God is doing in my life. Look what God has done in my life. So, the favor of God be upon you. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 4. And as we go to Luke 4, I'm going to highlight this just a little bit as we go. In this passage here, the Lord Jesus is going to quote the prophet Isaiah. And he quotes Isaiah 61 is what he does. I believe that Jesus is telling about how this prophecy was in his life. But I believe also it's in exchange for his church that he's telling me and you the same thing. This is what God wants to do in our life. Luke 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I believe this, guys, the Holy Spirit still comes upon people. If you want a a greater revelation of that or a scripture of that, Acts 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. God still puts his Holy Spirit upon people. So he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. One of the best definitions for he has anointed me, he has divine appointment for me. Could that be why God's favor would be upon us? That God has divine appointment for you? I believe it is. So watch what Jesus says here. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, oftentimes, when we read that, we have the thought the poor would be the less fortunate or ones that don't have anything. But better stated here, I believe he's talking about people that are poor spiritually. Would you know who that would be? Every one of us. Every one of us are bankrupt spiritually without Jesus. So he highlights here, I am anointed to preach the gospel. And you will see that over and over today, the significance of the word of God in the times we live. Preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, ones that are brokenhearted because of the events of this life, to, uh, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to recovery of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are downtrodden, those who have, have been crushed, bruised by this thing called life. So there was Jesus' assignment now, verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, this is where this prophecy gets really interesting because the Amplified says, when salvation and the free favors of God abound. The New International Version says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, as I read verse 19 again, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, except in the coronavirus. No, I believe God still wants to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord right now in the season we live in. I believe this is a time, just as we sang, that we are called light in darkness. And and the more I read this, his countenance was upon us And his favor was upon us. So the world would see there's something different within us. So the Lord Jesus here was literally declaring through his death, his burial, his resurrection, that life was going to change for us. And it would be spiritual jubilee. Now in our society, when we mention the word jubilee, it's not that big of a deal. But if you mention jubilee in the Hebrew uh, uh, nation... The word jubilee literally means a celebration. It means an emancipation or a freedom. It means a a restoration. And so I believe this, even the time we're in, God wants us to have jubilee. He wants things to move with his free favors. Turn back to two books, to the book of Luke, chapter two. Two chapters, I mean. Now, as you go to the book of Luke, where I'm at, when we study the Lord Jesus' life, there's very few things mentioned about his childhood. There are little things here and there, but to condense his, his childhood, I'm going to do that in these two verses, okay? Luke 2, verses 51 and 52. Then Jesus went down with them, his mother and father, and came to Nazareth, and he was subject or obedient to his mother and his father. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Now, I I want you to highlight something here. It says, but his mother. Jesus had a mother. And his mother's name was Mary. And more and more as this thing called life goes on, you're hearing people say that they believe that Jesus never came in flesh and blood. But if Jesus had a mother, he came in flesh and blood. And it says he has a mother there. And so in 1 John chapter 4, way, way, way back in the New Testament, it says that anybody that that denies that Jesus came in flesh and blood, he is of the spirit of the Antichrist or of the devil. Now, hang on to that thought because you're going to hear this more and more that even believers are going into that. And many will say, I I believe that Jesus came, but I don't believe he came in flesh and blood. Well, scripture highlights that and stay with that. And so Jesus had a mother. Verse 52. And Jesus increased. Jesus grew. One translation says, He kept increasing in wisdom. And when you say in wisdom, it means in maturity and understanding. Now, here's a thought for you. If Jesus grew in wisdom and increased in wisdom, then I need to grow in in wisdom. I need to increase in maturity and understanding. And in stature. His level of attainment. You know, you find out spiritually the longer you go on, if you're really growing in the things of God, you'll attain those things. They'll begin to stick to your heart. So Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in stature and in favor. Jesus grew in favor. Now remember the definition of favor. It was preferential treatment. It was a blessing. And Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Wow, now that's powerful. So when I begin to read this, could this be why God's countenance was upon him, his favor was upon him, that he wanted him to be the one that would influence this world for eternal? I believe it is. Now, as I started reading through this, To grow in wisdom, to grow in stature, and to grow in favor. It took me to Proverbs chapter 3. So go with me back into the Old Testament to Proverbs chapter 3. And this will give me and you an insight. How can I grow in wisdom? How can I grow in stature? How can I grow in the favor with God and man? Proverbs 3. Verse number 1. My son... Do not forget my law. Don't forget the word of God. Don't forget it. You know, you think about this as a child when you grow up, especially in your younger years. There's times in my life that, man, if if certain numbers come up and things like that, man, if it's basic math like multiplication, I can fly through that. I mean, you can say what's well, eight times eight, man, I'll just. It, it, it was taught in me, and I never forgot those things. Actually, if I'm with Shelly right now at the store, and she was to say, what's, what's 70% off of 30? I can tell her it's nine. I can just put real quick with those things. Why? Because it got in me, and I've never forgot those. That's how the Word of God is to be. Now, when you learn those fundamental things as a young believer, don't forget those. Stay with the Word of God. So he, he highlights here, don't forget my law. But let your hearts keep my commands. In other words, engrave them on your heart. Inscribe the commands of God on your heart. Why? For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. I don't know about you, I, I want to live long. I want to live a well life. I want to live a life of peace. And he just told me how. There's something that takes place when we live our life by the word of God. It's like God preserves us. Verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Now think just a little bit about mercy and truth. You know the best definition I can give for mercy is you don't get what you deserve. Thank God. I don't know about you. I'm glad that God is a God of mercy and truth. So right here, he's telling me and you that mercy and truth, it's special equipment. Treasure his mercy and his truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So again, he's telling you, you got to get it on the inside of you. Where it becomes alive to you. Why? Verse 4. And so find favor and high esteem or good understanding in the sight of God and man. And so I begin to think about this. The word of God will bring wisdom to you. The word of God will will change your stature. The word of God will bring favor to you when you make it priority. And so when I read this, all this, I'm thinking, Okay, Lord Jesus, there in number six, you said that your countenance would be upon us. Was there a reason for that? I I believe there's huge reasons. So when I talk about the favor of the Lord, sometimes there's scripture that when you read it, and it just gets in your heart immediately. I encourage you when you come across scripture like that, that you make it a daily affirmation of yours. In other words, you affirm it over your life. You affirm it over your 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 family. One of the passages of scripture that has stuck with me for years is Psalms chapter five verse twelve. Psalms five twelve said, "The Lord blesses his righteous, and his favor will surround you like a shield." So we go back. The Lord blesses his righteous. How do you become righteous? The only way you become righteous is you give your heart to Jesus. And Jesus says that now that I'm Lord and Savior of your life, you've become the righteousness of God in Christ. said 2 Corinthians 5.21. And so I can believe this. I'm born again. If you're born again, you are under the blessing of the righteous. And two, he said, his favor would surround you like a shield. So I encourage you. Begin to speak this over your life. But the first thing is, you must expect it. You must expect the blessing in the favor of God. Why can you expect it? Because you're a child of God. The second thing is, you must believe this. That God means to bless you when he says this. That God wants to bless you with personal favor. Many of you might hear this song right now, but it, 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 one of the main lyrics in it says... If he said it, I believe it. If he said it, I believe it. Psalms 512. He said it, so I believe it. And so I I expect it. And you'll only rise to the level of your expectations. I believe it. And the last one is I pray it, I speak it, and I confess it. And so make it a daily affirmation of yours. And what I ultimately find to happen with people, many people... They have the thought, but God wouldn't do that for me. And instead of expecting favor, I expect the worst. I expect bad. I expect depression. I expect disaster. Does that describe you, or do you know people that's their, their expectation? God said, I bless my righteous, and my favor surrounds you like a shield. Begin to speak that on a daily basis. Well, pastor, God would do that for you. My life would be defined by a road sign. It's nothing but a dead end. No, God has significance for you. God loves you. It's not who you are. It's whose you are. You're a child of God. You are blood-bought. And so when I begin to see these passages of scriptures, get them in you. Another great one for you is 3 John 2. John said this, I pray above all things that you prosper, be in health as your soul prospers. Guess what? That's every area of your life. And so God said it, 3 John 2. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to begin to say this over my life. And you must do that over your life. So you begin to see his countenance, his favor was upon us because he has divine appointment for us. Go back with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And man, I was praying a bit and I said, Lord, show me a great illustration of the Bible about how your countenance, how your favor was on a human being. Now watch this because this is powerful. This this will highlight everything that Jesus talked about and and everything Proverbs 3 talked about. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses the servant of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now, I want to highlight that just for a second because the exact Hebrew word for servant there, it isn't servant. It's slave. He was a slave of the Lord. In Hebrew custom, the word slave was the loftiest compliment you could have. I'm sold out to God. So he says this about Moses. Moses is dead. Keep reading. And it came to pass that the Lord spoke of Joshua, the son of of Nun, Moses' assistant. Now, I I want you to put that in your memory book right here, right now. Joshua right here in Joshua 1.1 was called Moses' assistant. Verse 2. Moses, my servant is dead now therefore arise the day of mourning is over it's time for you to rise it's time for you to get up go over this nation and all this peoples in the land which I'm giving them the children of Israel so what you begin to see here is this assistant of Moses whose name was Joshua he's got big shoes to fill this guy is now the leader of of the Israelites. And God says, and my countenance, my favor be upon you. So I go back and I begin to think about this guy named Joshua. This was a guy years and years and years back. He was a slave in Egypt under the Pharaoh. This was a man who witnessed The ten plagues that came upon the Egyptians. Some of you will remember some of them. How would you like to wake up tomorrow morning with frogs in your bed? Lice in your hair. How how would you like to make up with your your livestock dead? Hell that destroys everything. So he witnessed all that. He witnessed with his own eyes when they exited out of Egypt. He witnessed with his own eyes when the Red Sea split. This is the guy who witnessed that when the Pharaoh, the horse, and the rider were thrown into the sea and they drowned. This is the same Joshua that when when the Lord spoke to Moses and said, send 12 spies into the promised land, he was one of them. This was the same Joshua that out of the 10, only two of them, him and Caleb said, we can take it. And now he's being shifted into the position of a leadership. So when he gets in the position, remember, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me with divine purpose. And this is what I think is happening. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and as Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites and the great sea, which is the Mediterranean, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So God highlights the nation of Israel. He says, this is it, Joshua. Got it? Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, when God says that right there, you you know what I see? It's God takes a a, a stamp and goes, guaranteed. It's got my mark upon it. Remember, he said it. I can believe it. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Now, it's interesting. In chapter 1 here, on four different occasions, he tells Joshua, be strong. Be firm, be valiant, and be of good courage. Keep reading. Why? For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? That you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. I want you to think about this, and I believe this more and more when I read this. That if you're going to live by the Word of God, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord. You're going to have to be courageous. And I say that because the further we go along in this time called world, we're seeing persecution come for the Word of God. You're going to have to be strong and of good courage to live by the word of God. Keep reading. Right there in the middle of verse 7. Do not turn from it, the word of God, to the right hand or to the left. Now, it's interesting that he tells this to Moses, or to Joshua. And he says, don't deviate from God's word. And he highlights something in here again. And he said, it's not open for change. Do not add to it or do not nullify it. You know, we live in a society right now that says, you know, we've become more progressive as a society. The Bible's outdated. Let's, let's move this one out because, you know, we as humans, we've got a lot more wisdom than the God who created us. And so he highlights this to Joshua, and he says, live by my word. Stay with my word. Why is that so important? Verse 7, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, if I read this correctly, when I live by the word of God, I'm going to prosper. God said that. You know, we live in a society right now. Well, you know, I don't know about that prosperance. Well, I didn't say it, God said it. God said he wants to prosper you in every area of your life, okay? Now, verse eight is a key for every one of us. If you are a note taker, if you want to highlight something, get this one right here. This is the biggest key in Joshua's life. Verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So you know what he tells Joshua? You got to speak the word. Start saying what my word says. Speak it over and over. In other words, get your tongue in line with the word of God. The more you speak the word of God out of your mouth, the better it's going to be. And I'm not trying to give you Three easy steps. I'm not trying to say the name it and uh, grab it and blab it stuff. This is Bible. God's the one who said, speak the word out of your mouth. Speak the word. Speak the word over your children. Keep reading. But this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night. The word meditate, it means to ponder. The word meditate means to speak to yourself. Some of you ought to be good at that. I speak to myself all the time. The word of God. Now think about what he said. You speak the word. And you meditate on the word. So not only was he talking to Joshua, I believe he was talking to me and you. And he said, listen, you've got to get the word in your mouth. you got to meditate in it day and night. Day by day by day by day. Why? That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And so again, he's telling you, you got to obey the word. You know what James said in James 1.22? Don't be just a hearer of the Word. Be a doer. Be a doer. And so I believe this is our assignment. Stay with the Word. Don't get off the Word. Stay with the Word day by day by day by day. And look what the end of verse verse 8 says. For then, after you've spoke the Word, after you've meditated on the Word, after you've done the Word... Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So when I see, when I stick with the Word of God, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be prosperity and good success. This is the Bible. This is what God's Word says. So I believe that the favor of God is upon us, that we become people, we live by the Word of God. We stay with the word of God day by day by day by day. Now go with me to the last chapter of Joshua. That's Joshua 24. Joshua chapter 24. And so what just happened? You went through Joshua's life. You didn't realize that, but you did. And so we're now at the end of his life. And remember, Joshua was called Moses' assistant. When I think about how Joshua was called Moses' assistant, some people come into your life for a reason. Some people will come into your life just for a season. And some people will come into your life for a lifetime. I believe this highlighted Joshua. That this guy was an all-in guy. This guy, he served God his entire life. Look at the last part of verse 15 in Joshua 24. Listen to this real close. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, he's at the end of his life. He's well over 100 years old now. And he says, as for me and my, my house... We're going to serve the Lord. We're not just going to talk about the Lord. We're actually going to serve the Lord. We're we're going to put a little walkie-walkie with our talkie-talkie. As for me and my house. So when I read this about Joshua, it shows me he was generational. As for me and my house. And so Joshua said, I'm going to model it. I'm going to think it. I'm going to teach it. And I'm going to live it before my children. But I will tell you this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is a guy for years of his life had been sold out to God. Same chapter, verse 29. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. Now, if we to go back to Joshua one one, remember it said Joshua was the servant of Moses, and I believe because the countenance of God was upon him, because the favor of God was upon him, it now says this that Joshua was the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord. Joshua would never bestowed that name upon himself. He never referred to himself as the servant of the Lord. God bestowed that name on him. You know why God bestowed that name upon him? Because he completed his assignment. Because he said, I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. A life of self-discipline. A life that said, you know what? I'm going to lead my children. I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead the nation of Israel. So here's what I get with this. The reason God's countenance, his favor wants to be. You've got divine appointment. That You're to be light in darkness. You're to be history makers in your family. You're to be history makers at work. You're to be history makers, maybe in your city, maybe in a nation. But everything goes back and you can say, Look what God did. Look what God did. Now, This may be a mystery to some of you right here. But if Jesus doesn't come back, there's a day on this earth you're going to die. And at your gravesite, what would your obituary say? I think the greatest thing in my life that would be said would be He was a servant of the Lord. He was a servant of the Lord. Father God, favor us to be servants of the Lord. Your countenance be upon us, that I'm a favor of the, the favor of the Lord, that I'm a servant of yours with all my heart, that, that I live by the word of God. I don't get distracted by anything. So when I talk about this guy named Joshua, every story has to have a beginning part. Every story. The beginning story of my life is I got born again and I gave Jesus my heart. If I was to ask Warren Havens, what was the beginning of your story? You know what he would say? I got born again and I gave Jesus my heart. If I was to ask Gloria, what was the beginning of your story? I got born again and asked Jesus into my heart. If I was asked, asked Maria, what's the beginning of your story? I got born again and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And that has the beginning of your story. Spiritually, if Jesus isn't Lord of your life, you cannot advance any farther. So I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet today. And as you stand up, I'm gonna give you an invitation right now. If you need to, to start your story, I welcome you just right, just come out of your chair. You don't have to feel uncomfortable. I welcome you. Say, I'm I'm coming to give my heart to Jesus. Is there anybody in here today that says, I want to get born again? I need Jesus to come into my heart. Well, I don't see anybody coming forward today. So you know what that means? There's one. Come on. Praise the Lord. We have one. And you know what the angels do in heaven over one? They go crazy. They go crazy. I celebrate the one. But what I was fixing to say before he came up, you know what that tells me? We got to get busy as church folk and bring people to church. Jesus still saves. It's our job. We're called to be fishers of men, soul winners. So, buddy, have you ever made Jesus Lord of your life? Ever. So, you're, you're coming back then, aren't you? You're ready to come home. Wow. Wow, tell me your name Noah. Man, guys, this is Noah. know this this comes back to me this thought here there was a service one Sunday and they said you have a good service day pastor he said yeah we had 20 and a half get born again he said 20 adults and one child and he said nah 20 young ones and one adult that adult his life's all the way over those young ones are just starting I celebrate this I'm going to pray with you, no. And I want you to say this with my heart. And I want everybody in here to bow your head. And you say this from your heart, okay? This is toward me. I can't save you. Only Jesus can. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come before you as a sinner. and Lord, I I know you're real. I I sense you in my heart right now and I know the things I've done to dishonor you. And I ask you to forgive me of that. And Lord Jesus, right now, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I surrender to you as you're my master. I'm honored to say I'm a slave of the Most High. And I thank you today that you saved me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, guys. Just stay right here. God's gonna work in your life. (laughs) Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go with me. Praise the Lord. You know, as you're standing here today, I go back and I highlight everything that we spoke about. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me for divine appointment. And, and the Spirit of the Lord is still the Spirit of God that moves. It's not by might nor by power, it's by the Spirit of God. The church fails when we quit emphasizing the Holy Spirit. And so today you may be in here and you say, I'm dry. There's no evidence of the Spirit of God within me but he's wanting to come back alive in you. And so we're getting ready to sing, but I I welcome you where you say, I need a fresh infilling. I need a stirring within me. I I need a passion when I worship you. I need a passion when I pray. An anointing. And then I believe every one of us to fulfill the the passage of uh, Proverbs 3 and again in Joshua 1.8. Lord, I want to obey your word. You know, God wants a smile upon us. But there's some things that got to happen first before he favors us. And so today, if you say, I I need a stirring within me. They're going to sing. I I welcome you to come down here. We're going to be down here a little while today. This is just the starting. Man, I said to the Lord today, you said, Lord, would the Holy Spirit come upon me? there would be rivers of living water that flow through me. Not a trickle, but a river. And I don't know about you. I, I want the river to be so much where it said, Lord, open the floodgates. I bet you, come on, they're going to sing. Come on. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.